I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. I am your host, Owen Reese. Today we have a big show for you. We're going to be talking UW basketball, some recruiting, and some current Badger football players. Uh, So let's jump right in and get started. So first of all, some big news this week. Uh, Two basketball commits. Uh, They both come from the same place. They're twin brothers, uh, Johnny and Jordan Davis. Both play at Lacrosse Central High School in Lacrosse. Uh, they're the second and third commits in the 2020 class, uh, next to Lauren Borman Jr., the point guard from Michigan. Uh, both kids are about in the 6'4", 6'5", range, both wing players, uh, and, and to me, both have the potential to be above average to elite defenders, and that's the biggest thing. I know Johnny Davis in particular is very much praised for his motor, which is seemingly nonstop on the court. Jordan, on the other hand, uh, I know I've seen at least uh, Evan Flood mention I can't remember if it was in an article or not on 24-7, so if it was, I apologize, but made the remark that he's done as well of a job, as good of a job defensively as anybody has done uh, on Jalen Suggs, a five-star recruit, uh, a big-time player in this 2020 class. So so both kids have big-time potential on defense. Both of them are still kind of developing their shots at the moment, both capable at times, a bit more streaky probably than you'd like. But both guys have the potential to continue to develop, and they both have the the work ethic to continue to work on that. The other thing too is they're not completely dependent on on a streaky jump shot. So uh, you know, I know this is for sure uh, in an article with with Evan Flood has mentioned that defense is no at the on the AAU circuit. Defense is no uh, that Johnny Davis wants to get to the rim because he doesn't have a great jump shot. That still doesn't keep him from getting to the rim, uh, and that's that's something that. As his jump shot continues to develop, it should only continue to make his uh, ability to get to the basket more effective uh, with that uh, having to, to respect that jump shot and s- step out a bit more and, and stretch the defense a bit. So big-time commits. Johnny, a four-star recruit, uh, was much more early targeted <clears throat> Excuse me, by the Badgers. Uh, and Jordan was really kind of considered to be a football recruit. Uh, both play at, at Central. But Jordan, more so than Johnny, thought to be uh, a potential two-way recruit, or at the very least, just a football recruit. And it was always discussed that the two would be a package deal. Uh, the twin brothers wanted to go play together. And until fairly recently, uh, only a few schools had really offered to do that. Some lower-level schools, uh, you know, Green Bay, UW-Milwaukee, that type of, of school, those mid-majors. And just recently, Wisconsin offered... Uh, Jordan Davis as well 
And uh, while the two were at the Badgers team camp this past weekend, they both committed. They decided to commit between games. Uh, so a big get for Greg Gard, who's taken quite a bit of flack uh, for the maybe perceived inability to recruit in-state or keep the, the big kids in-state, obviously Tyler Harrow. Uh, as we're recording on this on a Thursday night, just got drafted 13th overall by the Miami Heat. Uh, so Tyler Harrow was a big, big whiff on Wisconsin's part. Uh, I, I don't put a ton of blame on Coach Guard or Wisconsin in general for that. Uh, I think probably more so a a change of heart for Tyler Harrow, nonetheless. Uh, and and Jalen Johnson, obviously, here. There's been others. Diamond Stone didn't end up at Wisconsin. Henry Ellenson, now obviously the Hauser drama recently um so that's that's the been the knock on guard fair or not that he hasn't been able to, to effectively recruit in 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 state uh, and keep the local kids around and and that i think perception probably starts to change uh with johnny and jordan davis committing so what does that mean for recruiting uh the 2020 class still has one scholarship position remaining jalen johnson uh the five-star recruit from nicolay high school formerly of sun prairie He's a hometown kid. He's a top five to ten player in the class of 2020, depending on what recruiting outlet you look at, and is a a I don't like to use this word because it's thrown around quite a bit, but a transcendent or generational type player. Johnson's about six foot eight and, and around 200 pounds, and can play point guard through you know wing, stretch four even perhaps. Is a big kid, extremely skilled. Uh, the ability to handle the ball like a point guard at six foot eight. He can shoot over defenders. He can drive by and dunk. Had a huge one-handed alley oop in the state championship game against Milwaukee, Washington. He's obviously the very enticing piece here. And, and both Davis brothers mentioned that they were going to continue to, to attempt to recruit him to UW and be a part of this 2020 class. Unfortunately, that's probably not very likely. I would imagine he'll end up somewhere, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, Arizona, you know, one of the, the, the blue bloods in, in college basketball. And as much as I would enjoy Jalen Johnson playing in Madison, I, I can't really blame him if he chooses anywhere else and, and whatever's, whatever's best for him. So realistically, uh, some options you're probably looking at for that last spot in 2020. Uh, ben Carlson, uh, a big stretch four, big guy from Minnesota, is, is a big one. Uh, Siri Lewis from Chicago has been thrown around as well. Another one to maybe consider and has been, um, you know, maybe he gets pushed out here because they've got three guards already really in this class. I know Isaac Lindsay from Mineral Points, a kid I've seen in person uh, and, and very impressive shooting ability. A Probably ends up being a mid-major player uh, along with Gabe Madsen, uh, the other the former Bloomer player now up in Rochester, Minnesota. But those some names to keep track of. I think, like I said, probably with the three guards, you're probably looking at a big, uh, most likely, in this 2020 class if they take another guy. Uh, there is always the potential that this scholarship could be rolled over to 2021 uh, with you know some exciting in-state prospects in 2021, including Patrick Baldwin and and Carter Gilmore from Arrowhead. Uh, but obviously, we'll see how that goes. But Encouraging for the Badgers, nonetheless. They picked up two more in-state recruits. Johnny, probably the much more sought-after of the two, but uh, a package deal in, in Wisconsin obviously felt as though that Jordan was worth an offer as well. So moving forward, a lot of optimism heading into this season with the basketball program, and we'll discuss the basketball program just a little bit later in our mailbag segment. The next thing we wanted to talk about here, 
another official visit this weekend for football, this upcoming weekend. Uh, but but first, we'll, we'll go over last weekend. So they had eight visitors in Madison last weekend, uh, eight official visitors. They had six previously committed recruits. Uh, so they had um, actually all five offensive linemen. They had Jack Nelson, Ben Barton, Tanner Bordellini, uh, Trey Wedig, and Dylan Barrett. Uh, all five on campus, as well as uh, Cole Dakovich, who uh, could end up being a tight end or an outside linebacker, probably an outside linebacker. But uh, So those six were on campus, and there were two non-committed players. Uh, one was Cam Large, the tight end for Massachusetts, uh, and he's down to, um, you know, his final four are Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. So clearly, anytime you can get down to a final four, you're, you're optimistic, uh, and especially for a, a team like Wisconsin that's developed tight ends so effectively, I think that's attractive to large, uh, but clearly fighting off some blue bloods in that group, so you don't want to uh, assume anything, but but certainly optimistic moving forward for Wisconsin. The last one was a bit different. So in uh, previously, it had been reported that Jalen Paxton, the receiver from Manville, Texas, uh, was going to be an official visitor. And in our last podcast, I even predicted that he would be the next football recruit. Uh, come to find out, Jalen Paxton did not visit Wisconsin last weekend. Instead, a different Texas receiver, Parker Washington, did. Uh, Washington, a three-star receiver from the state of Texas, uh, and and he left uh, with quite a bit of optimism as well. Um, a kid that uh, is, I think, is is becoming to be uh, a bit of a late riser in the process uh, from Fort Bend Travis High School in Richmond, Texas, and uh, 5'10", around 200 pounds, seemingly the the archetype or body type that Wisconsin seems to like at the receiver position. I don't know what that means for Jalen Paxton. Obviously, he wasn't here. He didn't come visit officially last weekend. Uh, typically, that's not some... Uh, surprise or you know it's not like he showed up at the airport and Wisconsin was like oh by the way we've got someone else here so clearly there was either some communication between the two that it was either canceled or couldn't make it whatever the case was uh, Parker Washington on a last second thing gets an official visit to Wisconsin uh, the receiver from Texas and, and things seem to be trending with him in the right direction we'll see how that goes moving forward now, as I mentioned, another official visit weekend upcoming. Uh, as of right now, there seem to be four visitors uh, are going to be on campus this upcoming weekend. Uh, none of them committed. So the first one is Max Lofi, a cornerback from Colorado, uh, three-star quarterbacks. Both of his parents are from the state of Wisconsin, uh, probably thought to be potentially the only cornerback commit in this class. Uh, you know, with, with such a young secondary, no scholarship seniors at either cornerback or safety. I expect numbers to be low at both of those spots. Lofi could be the only cornerback recruit uh, and uh, be a good opportunity for him visiting Madison this upcoming weekend. Uh, the next one has been a bit of a camp darling thus far. His name is Preston Zachman from Pennsylvania. Uh, being recruited as an outside linebacker by most, Wisconsin seems to like him inside. I've uh, seen that reported by both uh, rivals and 24-7 that, that Zachman's being looked at as a an inside linebacker. Uh, he's, like I said, a bit of a camp darling thus far. He's been to a few camps this summer. He's gotten some interest from Ohio State and Northwestern, among others. Uh, it, it ran a verified 4.56-second four, 40-yard dash, uh, which, again, very impressive athletically. He's got a 35.5-inch vertical uh, and a 4.46 
second pro agility, five ten five short shuttle, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, all very impressive athletic testing numbers uh, for, for Zachman, who's currently unranked by 24 seven uh, would not be surprised. It's very uncommon for kids to come on official visits to Wisconsin and either one, not already have a, an offer or two leave without one. So I would be shocked to see if, if he doesn't get one. And to me, he screams a Wisconsin's made a living on these under, uh, under the radar linebackers. They came in late last year with uh, Muma Jongmeda, the, the linebacker from Stevenson, Skylar Myers, a linebacker from from Missouri. These these under recruited, athletic, under the radar guys that teams or schools seem to maybe forget about. And, excuse me. And Wisconsin seems to swoop in and get ultra productive players and good role players at that position. Zachman uh, probably a bit more athletic upside than most lower I would anticipate to be a, a three-star recruiter or a lower three-star recruit by whatever site you seem to use uh, but a nice athletic profile and a decent sized kid uh, and, and it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him end up in Madison at least with an offer leaving with an offer and then potentially uh, could be lining joining that linebacker core with the Badgers the next recruit or on campus this weekend is Cavantre, excuse me, Bradford, a four-star running back from Texas. Currently has a very beatable offer list. Uh, Baylor in Oklahoma State, among some of the others, pursuing him at the moment. It'll be curious to see what they do here. If this places any pressure on Demonte Trainum, who was on campus two weekends ago, the running back from Hoban High School in Ohio, uh, the same high school that. Uh, 2019 fullback commit Quan Easterling hails from and Trainum is down to a final four of Wisconsin, Penn state, Ohio state, and Arizona state. And uh, with Cavantre Bradford, uh, another four star running back coming into Madison, you wonder if maybe that, that makes him feel a bit more urgent to commit to UW if that's his choice or, or to at least speed up his selection process. Uh, Bradford seemingly likes Wisconsin, and as I mentioned, probably a, a more beatable offer list than Trainum has. And finally, uh, but not least, the last recruit on campus this weekend is Caden Johnson, a four-star outside linebacker from Minnesota. Uh, I think here Wisconsin probably has a, a very good chance here, confirmed by rivals, and then Johnson tweeted out that he would be visiting officially this upcoming weekend uh, here on, on Thursday night. Uh, I think Johnson's the type of guy that, that should be a big-time priority for UW, in the 3-4 defense that they run, they need to have big-time playmakers at the outside linebacker position. You saw what that looked like last year when they didn't really have that. And and it struggled at times to get a pass rush without blitzing or without scheming up or generating pressure. And, and Johnson's a kid that's a big athlete. He's like 6'4", 225 pounds right now. And that's that type of athlete, that type of difference maker has that dynamic athleticism on the outside. That's what Wisconsin needs to really thrive in this 3-4 defense, and Johnson is in that mold. So it's from Minnehaha Academy uh, in in Minnesota. He's close, uh, has been linked to Wisconsin for quite a while. Uh, seemingly Minnesota, among uh, maybe Iowa State and a couple others, seem to be the, the main competition for UW. Johnson should be a, a gettable target here. And, and someone Wisconsin fans should really look for and, and be craving uh, as, as a prospect. So we're going to take a short break here. When we come back, we will discuss uh, some Jake Ferguson talk uh, as well as have our mailbag se segment. So do not go away, and we will be right back.
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. ...of Jake Ferguson potentially entering the NFL draft after this upcoming season. And to me, that seems to be an odd thought... Uh, I don't. I don't think it's out of the realm uh, of Ferguson as a player. He's very talented. He's a big kid, six five, two hundred forty five, two hundred fifty pounds. He's got the frame. He's got the makeup of of a potential NFL prospect. But the thing to me is more so the the situation he's in, uh, not not an indictment of him as a player. So I, some of the other things too I've seen are, are talking about you know with the two Iowa tight ends drafted in the first round this past year and. Why you know maybe the tight end position is is valued higher at the moment. It is a an undeniable trend in the NFL right now that tight ends become matchup problems. They become personnel grouping problems. You can go out and trot out three tight ends and be in a primarily passing scheme, and and all of a sudden you've got nine gaps up front that you have to account for as a defense, and then also still be prepared to to defend these guys as receivers uh, and and some of these big time athletes you see that with Jason Kelsey in Kansas City uh, you see that quite a bit in the NFL nowadays the Rams do as well uh, using multiple multiple tight ends so obviously tight ends are a popular position in the NFL right now and, and with you know the rise in analytics and and the uh, you know next you know layers of an onion view that the NFL is beginning to have right now it's never been more popular it's never had more media coverage it's never had more research done on it and so while, as I've mentioned here, the tight end position is, is definitely valuable and definitely sought after at the moment, I don't think that would necessarily be a catalyst or some reason that we should expect Jake Ferguson to leave uh, after his redshirt sophomore year in Madison. He was by far the, the best receiving option last year uh, in, in what was the Badgers sporadic for lack of a better term passing game there were there were games where AJ Taylor was extremely impressive there were games that Danny Davis flashed uh back to his freshman form there were games that Kendrick Pryor were very effective but Jake Ferguson was really the consistent one he was the guy you know and you heard it every single week he's Barry Alvarez's grandson he's from Madison and he was the first down machine you know he was targeted a lot on third down and and he and he converted uh, which is good but to me, there's a few things here. So one, bringing up the Iowa tight ends, he's not the athlete that Noah Fant is. Uh, very few tight ends are, and that's not a knock on Jake Ferguson. I'm simply put, he's not going to run a five or, or a four a four five flat, uh, and he's not going to have a high 30s vertical. He's not the blocker and all, really all around tight end that T.J. Hawkinson is. Uh, you know, Hawkinson, a bit of a freak athlete in his own right, really an unheard of thing that. Noah Fant, the favorite to be the Mackey Award winner, uh, the the nation's top tight end award, and uh, he gets beat out by his own teammate. That's not very common, and really, like I said, it's just a difficult situation for me to try to justify the the prospect of him leaving early because of this newfound uh, 
valuation or success of the position. TJ Hawkinson is a dominating blocker and I guess really probably a, probably a comparable, uh, if not slightly better athlete than Ferguson, uh, but neither are the athlete that Noah Fant is. So you saw that. Fant went 20th overall. Hawkinson went 8th overall. Those are not the situations I would use to, like I said, think that this indicates to some potential of Ferguson leaving. The other thing I've I've kind of had here, and I've brought this up before uh, on Twitter, I don't know if I have on the podcast or not, Wisconsin simply doesn't have kids leave early often, right? And when they do, they're fourth-year guys, guys like TJ Watt or Melvin Gordon or Travis Frederick, JJ Watt. Uh, a lot of these guys, if they do leave early, it's as a fourth-year player. Like, um, they use that extra year for development that, that four years they have a, if they're very close to, if not having their degree already, it's just very rare that Wisconsin has guys leave that early. Uh, the last guy Wisconsin has had leave after his third year uh, of college, not maybe, you know, JJ Watt was, he redshirted and then he, uh, you know, left after that next year, he was a fourth year guy or so it was J.J. Watt was stint was short in Madison, but he had played a year at Central Michigan, and then he transferred, and then he redshirted, and then he played. He wasn't a, a third-year kid, or he was, certainly wasn't a redshirt sophomore. And that's something that Michael Bennett, the, run, the running back, was the last player to do it, uh, and I think probably Jonathan Taylor is, is obviously the next one to do it. But Jonathan Taylor is probably in, in a different spectrum than Jake Ferguson is. One is an NFL prospect. And two, from the the standpoint of Jonathan Taylor is going to have like 900 carries by the time he leaves Wisconsin, probably above 900 carries. That's a lot of mileage for a college running back. And while Taylor doesn't take a ton of hard hits often, and he's, you know, I don't want to say been able to preserve himself a bit, but um, probably has a a longevity friendly style uh, of a ru- as a runner. Jonathan Taylor is is a next level player uh, compared to Jake Ferguson, and again, this isn't a knock on Ferguson. I don't think that him as a talent is completely this uh, outlandish thought that he could be an NFL talent after three years. It's simply that really one the reasoning that I've seen hasn't really seemed to, to match up with with what logic says, and two, I said again, Badger guys just don't leave early, so. I don't buy it. I've been wrong before, but I don't buy it right now. If Ferguson comes out here and has 65 catches and, and you know, 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns or, or even a season like 40 catches and 700 yards and 7 touchdowns, you know, maybe as a, a premier option, and I think probably if he puts up those numbers, Wisconsin's doing very, very well. But I don't really foresee that happening uh, with even if – you know, uh, improved quarterback play comes from Wisconsin. They're going to still give the ball to Jonathan Taylor a ton. They're still going to give it to Garrett Groshek quite a bit. AJ Taylor is a senior. Kendrick Pryor, Danny Davis, Aaron Crookshank will all be pushing for touches and should be getting the ball to utilize their talents. So while Ferguson is obviously a priority in that mix, I just don't foresee him being featured in the fashion that it would take for him to really be considered a, a realistic option to leave after that third season. Fant and Hawkinson were realistically the only pass-catching targets Iowa had. They did have Nick Easley, who is an undrafted free agent with the Buffalo Bills, 
but certainly those two are much more talented uh, than easily, or at least from an NFL's perspective. And that's where I see that I, I don't see Ferguson as this plan A, have to get him the ball five to five to eight times a game type of target. Uh, not to say that it won't happen or, or won't be an emphasis, but I, I just don't, uh, to wrap this up, I guess I really just don't see the hype and Jake Ferguson being this projected uh, third-year NFL draft declaration that, like I said, really won. Wisconsin just usually doesn't have. Uh, Jonathan Taylor might be a bit of an exception there. And and two, like I said, he, to compare him to Fanton Hawkinson, to me, just isn't very responsible. So uh, moving on, we're going to move on to our mailbag segment. We have three questions. I very much appreciate this, guys. Um, the first question, uh, I mentioned this earlier, would come back to basketball. Uh, with a healthy offseason for Demetric Trice and Brad Davison, how much can they improve? Uh, that's from at one Sween. Uh, so we appreciate the question. And to me, Brad Davison probably will never improve a ton. Uh, it's not due to a lack of work ethic or, or due to a uh, inability to, to, to put in the work or, or to gain more skills. But to me, he's just pretty maxed out physically and athletically. And we kind of knew that when he was coming into Wisconsin, that's why he was able to contribute so early. And that's why he was so good. He's a tough kid. He plays great defense. He's a, a good ball handler. He seemingly throughout the season was able to improve his ability to play off the ball. It was very clear earlier in the year that he was so, felt somewhat awkward or looked awkward or or uncomfortable being the off guard with Trice really being the primary ball handler. As the season went along, he got better with that. So I think you know the, the more he plays, the more that's going to improve. Obviously, uh, Trice to me though is the one that really can continue to improve. And he started out so white hot last season and, I mean, obviously was going to regress and eventually did. Uh, I mean, to me, he's a high 30s, maybe 40% three-point shooter. He's going to take the tough shots. Wisconsin's always got their point guard to do that. You know, we saw it with Bronson Koenig, even when they had players like Sam Decker and Frank Kaminsky. We saw that with Trey Jackson. We've seen it uh multiple times throughout the Badgers. Cam Taylor, obviously Alondo Tucker was there. Cam Taylor took a lot of tough shots. Trayvon Hughes took a lot of tough shots. Jordan Taylor took a lot of tough shots. So I think Trice is still going to be that guy. I think he's still going to be the primary ball handler, uh, but I think we can see him. I think he can continue uh, to be more consistent throughout the season as a shooter. He, he was, was very streaky near the end of the year, like I said, after being so white hot to start the season. And Trice has always been um, maybe more of a combo guard playing point guard, uh, and, and I don't mean that. I think that's probably more a, an endorsement of his skills than a knock against him as a, a pure point guard. But I can look to consider, or excuse me, I, I look to continue to see him improve as a ball handler, less turnovers, take better care of the basketball, and not waste any possession as many possessions um, as we've saw in the Oregon game and, and otherwise. There are times Wisconsin's offense gets bogged down and every possession is at a premium. And especially as you're going to go through the Big Ten and Michigan State and Michigan, even with a new head coach, will obviously be tough. And Illinois, I expect to be much better. Purdue is always tough. So, I mean, you've got all these schools. Indiana, obviously, is, is never easy. Wisconsin's going to be in more tough games. And without Ethan Happ to take a lot of those shots, it's going to be Demetric Trice again. 
and uh, I can t- I look to see him continue his, his consistency as a shooter throughout the season. I think he'll continue to get better on defense. Not that he's bad, but he'll continue to improve. And then again, just the ball handling and, and not turning the ball over. I think those are really two areas that he can have a, a big opportunity here to improve, and that's what I expect him to do. So thank you again for the question. Uh, the next one, who will be the next football or basketball commit? That was from at Stugosaurus. Thank you again for that question. I think last week I was pretty adamant or pretty optimistic. I thought Jalen Paxson was going to to jump on that offer and commit after the official. Obviously, he never ended up taking that official visit, so that kind of throws a wrench into that. Uh, To me, if I'm going to take a guess here, and I think if this is the case, Wisconsin's probably not going to get a commitment uh, in the next two to three weeks, but I'm going to say Max Lofi. Uh, like I said, both of his parents are, are Wisconsin natives, and Lofi is a kid who is a three-star corner, um, and after Wisconsin offered, he seemed to get a bit more interest, but Wisconsin is still his best offer. Lofi is a, uh, like I said, he's a Colorado kid. He's not super big, uh, 5'11", 170, listed by 24-7, so hopefully He's realistically around that six-foot mark, uh, still a bit slight. That's not uncommon to see in high school corners. Uh, Sojourn Shelton played as a true freshman at Wisconsin, was probably somewhere in the 150 to 160-pound range. So clearly said something that, that college defensive coordinators are willing to deal with, not having your, your defensive backs always be big, thick run-stuffers run uh, you know, on the edge there. But... Nonetheless, uh, he'll have time to develop. I don't see, I think it's a, with Wisconsin probably only taking one cornerback in this class anyways, I don't foresee him getting any time, uh, at least in his first year, maybe as a redshirt freshman. But simply put, there's seven to eight guys in front of him at corner uh, the second he steps on campus, and none of them are seniors. So only Preston, or excuse me, only Caesar Williams will be a senior next year as a cornerback. So or in two years, uh, Williams and, and Madison Cohen will. Um, but so still a ton of youth at the position, a ton of talent as well. Uh, so I'm going to say Max Lofi is the next commit, and he'll be a good addition to that secondary, but probably someone you don't see much production from uh, in the first few years of his, of his career at Madison, uh, barring any special teams or, or returnability. That's obviously a way on the field, but as a pure corner, unless he very much outplays his expectations, I, I really don't expect Lofi to see the field a ton, at least his first couple of years in Madison. And our last question, if Wisconsin could only land one more recruit in 2020 for football, who would it be and why? Uh, that was from at Sean Geary 4, and this really came down to two guys for me. One was uh, Nash Huttmacher, the defensive lineman from South Dakota, his final three is down to Wisconsin, Oregon, and Nebraska. I expect him to end up at Wisconsin or Nebraska. Hopefully UW, Wisconsin. Lord knows Wisconsin needs the defensive line depth. He's a, a big-time, accomplished high school wrestler. A big kid, 6'5", in that 300-pound range, 290, 300 pounds. He's not a freak athlete or anything, but he's simply a blue-collar guy that can play nose, uh, play that one-tech position in the 3-4 and really – Locked down the middle uh, as a run defender. Probably not a ton of potential as a pass rusher, but that's not what you're recruiting him to play nose tackle for. And the other option to me was Caden Johnson, who will be on campus this weekend. And that was my answer. And I expounded on, on this a bit earlier. 
in Wisconsin's defense, they need production and they need disruption from that outside linebacker position. And Zach Bond will be a nice player this year, and Andrew Van Ginkle played admirably, admirably through injury. To me, right now, Wisconsin doesn't really have any difference makers at outside linebacker. Obviously, they brought in two last year and Spencer Lytle and Skylar Myers, and they've got aspirations for Isaiah Green May and Christian Bells, an Alabama transfer. You're hoping Light clicks on for him, and Noah Burks is there, and, and even Tyler Johnson is another fifth-year senior. To me, none of them really move the needle a ton, probably Spencer Lytle the most. But to me, you need to continue to add premier talent to the outside linebacker room in that position in a 3-4 defense. They're going to be your nickel rushers, for one, and as well, they're your they're primary contained edge defenders. And that's a huge position for UW. You saw that drop off a bit last year after such really a, a, an unprecedented run for UW of Garrett Dooley and Leon Jacobs and Joe Schobert and Vince Beagle and TJ Watt. And like I said, last year it wasn't awful. Uh, Van Ginkle was hurt and you saw Zach Bond really flash when he was healthy. But clearly a step down talent level wise from those previous groups. And I don't expect that to change a ton this year. So you need to continue to bring in and target and prioritize these recruits that have that type of potential. And to me, Caden Johnson has that. He said he's a big, long, athletic kid and a four-star recruit. Wisconsin needs to land, uh, and that's, to me, he's my one. If they could have one more, I think he provides more value to this team uh, and to that room than Huttmacher does. That's not a knock on, on Nash, but to me, like I said, that edge rusher needs to be addressed. It hasn't been addressed very well or very effectively over the past couple of years. That is, it's a tough position to recruit to because typically most kids you're getting there are either off ball linebackers that you're trying to convert into a pass rusher or they're high school defensive ends that you're trying to teach how to play in coverage and, and kind of move back from the line of scrimmage uh, as compared to bringing someone towards it. So there's a good opportunity for UW to get a kid in that mold. Uh, to me, that's that's the, the slam dunk, the home run. That's got to be it to me uh, if you could have one more recruit in this class. So thank you again for the questions. Uh, we appreciate your feedback. Uh, we've done awesome with this the past couple weeks, and we look forward to, to continuing that. So um, we're going to wrap this up here. It's not quite as long of a podcast as we typically have, but uh, it is, it's a bit slow in the offseason, and um, obviously we're inching closer and closer to the Badger football season every single day. So again, thanks for listening to us. Uh, you know, great, very grateful to be a part of the SB nation podcast team network. Uh, been in very much enjoying our, our spot here and, and we hope you guys have been as well. Uh, please leave us, uh, some feedback, leave us some reviews, uh, five star reviews only. Let us know what we can improve, what you guys want to hear about and you know, what can, we can do better, uh, what we can continue to do. Always trying to make this as a, a an enjoyable, um, and an effective product product and, and podcast for you guys as we can. So, uh, you can find us on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and any other prominent podcast platform. Uh, the SB nation web or podcast network has a spread, a, a, a large web and we appreciate that. So, um, you know, tell your friends, 
uh, spread the word of mouth anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find Bucky's Fifth Podcast, and we hope you continue to to, uh, join us and tune in. So, as always, this is Owen Reese letting you know. Have a good night, and as always, on Wisconsin.